0: What does it mean to be impeccable with your word? My name is Don Culp and I'm a meditation coach, certified hypnotherapist, Reiki master teacher, and owner of The Zen Room in sunny Gilroy, California. We are also on the world wide web at www.thezenroom.net. And today we're going to take a quick look at what it means to be impeccable with your word. Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of The Zen Room. Today we're gonna to be talking about a little book that was written, and I say little, it's a very easy read, but it is powerful and the concepts within it are very powerful. And this little book, this little gem is known as The Four Agreements. It was written back in 1997 by Miguel Ruiz and I remember reading it when it first came out and it really shifted my perspective a lot. The agreement that we're going to be discussing in this podcast is be impeccable with your word. So what does that mean to be impeccable with your word? The first thing that he mentions is you want to speak with integrity, say only what you mean and avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others. I think this is a really, really important concept, and I think, you know, at the beginning of every new year, I always like to challenge myself to expand and to be better than I was the last year, right? We all are looking to grow, we're all looking to make improvements, and we're all looking to reach the potential for the best version of ourselves. And this, in my opinion, is a really, really easy, powerful commitment that you can make to yourself, but it does require consistency on on all of our parts when we are correcting old bad habits. So for some of us um, gossiping is a very normal natural thing and it's something that I think every human being on the planet does no matter how enlightened they are they still might have those very human moments where they get caught up in it but the goal is obviously to get Better and better and better, and catch yourself in the act and say, You know what? That doesn't serve me. I'm going to change my thought. I'm going to change the direction of this conversation and let's think and talk about something else. A lot of times, people don't think about the way that they think as a habit. So they will say, you know what? I was just raised to believe that there are limits to my ability and there are limits to what I can do. And you know what? I'm just a girl and I can only have so much of an impact in the world. And they learned all of these thoughts from society, from the adults in society that are using these concepts, using these ideas in the form of a word. And um, in my opinion... If those words are not impeccable, they are doing damage. So if we were raised, if women were raised to think we are just women, and we only have so much power in the world, and there's only so much we can do, then guess what? We're absolutely right. Like Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. So one of the first things that we need to do is we need to audit, pay attention to our internal dialogue. We need to see if we are doing ourselves a service or disservice by the way that we think. So the word is not always just the spoken word. The word is also the words that we use about ourselves when we're talking to ourselves, okay? Do I think I am too old to do something? Do I think I am pretty enough to do something? Do I think I am ever um, capable of being as rich as my neighbor? And if the answer is no, then you're, you're going to get stuck. And if the answer is, well, you know what? Let's change some of that internal dialogue because why can't I do something at this age why can't I reach for something new because I'm a woman why can't I why can't I so the first thing in knowing that you have a, a bad way of thinking or a bad habit about stinking thinking is to first of all be aware of it once you are aware that you have a bad habit of thinking poorly about yourselves or about the world then you are in the position to do something about it which is change the way you think so let's give ourselves an example Let's say that we have a really bad habit of saying, ah, you know what, good things like that just don't happen to me. The first thing that we need to do in order to um, change those thought patterns is to interrupt the thought. Be aware that we're having it and interrupt it. That act alone will help to begin the process of rewiring the brain. So even though we are very plastic, meaning very suggestible, meaning our associations are being created when we are very, very, very young children in our early development. Even though we are very, very plastic when we're young, we can still be plastic when we are older. It just requires more discipline to interrupt those old ways of thinking that don't work for us anymore and replace them with better thoughts. Let's think about this. The old way of thinking would have sounded something like this. You know, I'm just not, I'm just not, uh, things like that don't happen to me. Things like that won't happen to a person like me. But now that we know that we actually can rewire our brains, what we have to do is say, you know what? That thought has not served me well at all. It has limited me. It has put a ceiling on my life. And I'm just not going to think about that anymore. That's the way I used to think, but I'm choosing to think differently now. I know lots of people who have made huge shifts in their lives and they're happier than ever. If it can happen to them, why can't it happen to me? Period. End quote. You are, little by little by little, slowly but surely, going to be rewiring your brain. And the trick to this is to do it consistently. You can't get it on a kick on Monday and say, you know what, I'm going to think really positively today on Monday. And then Tuesday, start sliding back into old habits. And then by Wednesday, you're back into your old way of thinking. And then by Thursday, you're basically saying, see, I tried that changing the way that I think thing back on Monday and nothing changed. Okay, well, that's ridiculous. Obviously, any change requires consistency. You're not going to go to the gym once and have huge muscles for life. You have to go and be consistent. And um, then, little by little, you will st- you will start to notice gradual improvements. And then next thing you know... If you wanted to, you could be a bodybuilder on stage, if that's your goal. But the idea is you can't go to the gym once and be changed for life. You have to be consistent. It is all about consistency. So, one of the things that I did in order to shift my thinking was, I was religious about catching myself with a, with a poor thinking thought. And I would interrupt it and i say, that is a ridiculous thought. No, I'm not gonna think that way anymore. So I had somebody come in the Zen room the other day and they went into the restroom to wash their hands before meditation and I heard them say to themselves in the mirror, God, look at the bags under my eyes. I look so old. And I shouted from the other room as I typically will and I'll say, don't say that. (laughs) Don't say I look old, okay? Find another way of saying it. Interrupt the thought. First of all, be aware that you're having it. And then ask yourself, gosh, how many times this week did I tell myself that? Okay, that's not good. That's not being impeccable with my word. So then I said, find another way of saying something that you can get behind. Find another way of saying that. And then she laughed and she said, you're right, you're right. I'm not old. I just noticed that I look a little tired today and I need some more rest. Tomorrow, after a good night's sleep, I'll be back you looking fresh as a daisy. And I said, good, I like that. That's better. And then one day, maybe she'll get so good at that, that she'll, she'll never look at herself as an old woman in the mirror again. So one of the, one of the things that I have to remind people is when you are moving away from being either a Debbie Downer with your thoughts or negative way of thinking about yourself, You're not going to go from, oh my gosh, I am so old and nothing good ever happens to me to being, um, oh my God, I'm the luckiest person in the world and I love my life overnight. Because first of all, a person that feels that poorly about themselves cannot go to feeling wonderfully about themselves in one felt swoop because they won't buy it. They're not going to believe it. They're going to think, well, this... Look sounds like a really nice sentence, but I don't believe it with one fiber of my being. And it's really, really important for everyone to understand that it's not just about thinking the good feeling thought, it's about feeling the good feeling thought. So you're not going to reach for the thought that gets you all the way to the finish line at first. You're going to have to make gradual improvements, and then eventually you're going to get there. You're not going to be able to just go from staring at yourself in the mirror and saying, oh my gosh, I look so old, to, oh my God, I'm the youngest beauty queen I know, and actually buy it in one felt swoop. You're going to have to work your way up to it. You don't go from being completely out of shape to being on stage competing in a bodybuilding competition in one day. You have to work your way up to it. So you're going to go from looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, gosh, I look old, to, eh, you know what, I'm just tired. I'm going to give myself a break. One good night's sleep, I'm going to feel better tomorrow. And then that better feeling thought, once you continue to have those kinds of neutral thoughts, you move from not so great to neutral to then better and better. Next thing you will know, you will find yourself down the road after you have been consistent in your practice, actually feeling better. And you're going to be one of those people that all of a sudden says, you know what? It doesn't serve me at all to have a negative feeling thought about myself. It doesn't serve me whatsoever to have a negative thought about myself. It feels actually better in my body to feel better about myself. And when you feel better, your environment will change. Because we are vibrational beings living in a vibrational universe. It's just the way it goes. The other thing that you're going to notice is when you're kinder to yourself with your words, you're going to be kinder to others. You're going to find that you don't like the taste of any of those gossipy words coming out of your mouth. You don't like those negative thoughts and feelings and words coming out of your mouth about others and therefore you don't like the way that those words taste when you're talking to someone else or about someone else. You're just going to notice you don't like the way it feels to gossip. You don't like the way it feels to talk poorly about someone. You don't like the way it feels and it certainly, from a vibration standpoint, does nothing for you. So be impeccable with your word. Speak with integrity. Speak kindly about yourself to yourself as well as about others. And for those of us who have influence over young children, whether we're school teachers or parents or aunts or uncles, do the world a favor. And when you are speaking to these children, they are listening to what you are saying without a filter. They are taking everything that you have to say as fact. It's part of being a very plastic, suggestible, influential young child in those early developing years. So their brains are sponges, they are absorbing it all. So if you tell them that they're no good, they will believe you. If you tell them the world is your oyster, honey, you can do anything you want, they will believe you. Most children will take the political and religious associations of their parents, not because they've done the research, but because they take it as fact and truth. So if they will tow your party line and your religious line until they are old enough to do research of their own, they are going to believe what they are told. So, we're going to be kinder to ourselves and kinder to others, let's do this world a great big favor and be incredibly impeccable with the words that we use with young children. Okay, wonderful food for thought. Under the umbrella of be impeccable with your word is another little aspect that I would like to throw out there is another little nugget, food for thought. About 10 years ago, I made the decision that I was going to always follow through with what I promised. I know that sounds like, well, duh, who wouldn't do that? But there's quite a bit of it going on in big things and little things. So my husband always says, how you do anything is how you do everything. Perfect example of what I'm talking about. Let's say it's a Friday night and somebody calls you up and says, hey, what are you doing next Friday night? We want to go see this um, movie. Do you want to go? It's a Friday night. I'm in a really good mood. The work week is behind me. I'm feeling jazz. Let's do it. I say, yes, that sounds great. Count me in. Where are we meeting? What are we doing? Let's do this. And then you have a, a harder weekend than you thought. And then the week was a little bit harder than you thought. Thursday rolls around. Your girlfriend calls you. Your buddies call you and say, hey, the time... Um, Still works for everybody, six o'clock. And because you've had such a hard week and a hard weekend, you're saying to yourself, ah, I don't wanna go. I actually am no longer in the mood to go, so I'm gonna back out. And one of two things, you'll either be honest and say, guys, I had a really crappy week. I can't go, I can't do this. It doesn't make sense for me. Or you will lie and say, oh my God, I have to work late. Or you know what, it's just not gonna fly. And so what will happen is you will leave your friends hanging. Um, They may or may not have already bought the ticket for you. And little by little by little, you become known as the flake in the group. And for some people, that's fine. But I would like to challenge all of the listeners here to say... What if I were to follow through with every promise or commitment that I made? Meaning, if I promise to play softball in this, in this league, in, in this softball season, that means I'm going to commit to doing it. That means that nothing else can come in and tear me away from my softball practice and game commitment. I am 100% all in. Or, I'm going to be a part of this card playing group. I've committed to doing it. But then halfway through, I just, it kind of bores me and I'm kind of like, this isn't working for me. But guess what? There's still three more months left in the card game round, whatever. Well, then you put it on somebody else to have to find your replacement. So my request or my little nugget to toss out there, my little food for thought is, what if we are more careful with our commitments? What if we don't say yes to every single thing? What if we actually, when we receive an invitation, we say, oh, that sounds like fun. Let me sit on it. Let me think about it for a day or two and let me get back to you. And you actually think about it. You actually, what I would do is you meditate on it. You actually pull out your calendar and you look and say, ah, you know what? That sounds like a good idea, but in all practicality, there's this whole other thing coming along and ah. I just don't know if it makes sense as fun as it sounds as much as I'd like to do it I don't know if it's practical next thing you know when you give yourselves a few days to actually think about it you have a couple of options you can go back to the guys or you can go back to your friends and say you know what it sounds like fun I'd love to go to the the soiree on Friday and um Just give me a day or two to kind of see how the weekend goes. Give me a couple of days to see how things pan out. I'm expecting next work to be really, really busy. Um, And can I get back to you on Tuesday? By Tuesday, you're going to have a much better idea of if that works. And some people, this might drive them crazy. Gosh, you're so non-committal. Gosh, you can't ever commit to anything. But you know what? It's better than making a promise and breaking it. Food for thought, food for thought. And that is a big, big shift away from what most people are thinking. Now, does that mean that life is not going to happen and that unforeseen circumstances are not going to fly out from left field? Of course not. But we all know the people that I'm I'm talking about. I do because I used to be one. And I said, you know what? I don't want to be known in the world as a flake, someone that you can't count on, someone that you can't depend on just because I'm not taking into account with enough consideration, how things might fall into place between this time and my next commitment. We can all be accused or accuse ourselves of overcommitting. What I'm saying is if you care about yourself enough to make sure you integrate the right amount of downtime, don't overcommit to too much, as fun as it sounds in the moment. As good a mood as you are in on that Friday when you want so desperately to say yes, give yourself a couple of days just to make sure that you aren't overcommitting. Be impeccable with your word. If you say you're going to go to the dinner next Friday, as hard of a week as you've had, as hard of a weekend as you had, find a way unless unless it's unbearable to go anyway had a friend of mine ask me she goes you know I was thinking about calling and canceling my situation my uh, meeting with my friend tomorrow and I had asked her well why are you going to do that she goes I don't know I just don't think we need to do it I just I think it's over overkill and I said did you say you would go and she said yeah and I said for no other reason it's probably a good idea that you go just because you were in a good mood and it sounded good when you said yes doesn't mean that when it's the day before it's okay to flake again this is all under the umbrella of be impeccable with your word not that we're going to nail this one 100 of the time but if we can inch our way to that goal of if we say we're going to do something then for no other reason we are going to do it because we want to be impeccable with our word it's a very powerful goal to have so These are some very practical things that we can all do to start living up to this Be impeccable with your word agreement to ourselves and to our families and to our community If we say we're going to do something, let's do it And if we fall short, be aware of it Interrupt it, begin to change it and be consistent And you will find yourself over time doing a better and better and better job of being consistent being impeccable with our words. And I feel that that is a wonderful goal to have. And it will actually feel really good in your heart to be a man or woman with that kind of integrity. So, if I haven't wet your whistle enough about picking up this beautiful little gem of a book, The Four Agreements, again, written by Miguel Ruiz, um, I would say go out, check it out. The other three agreements are just as powerful. And we'll be touching base on the other three agreements in future podcasts. But um, it's an amazing read. It definitely, definitely changed my life. So on that note, I'd like to thank you all for tuning in to another edition of The Zen Room. I look forward to you tuning in for future podcasts. And for now, have a wonderful rest of your day. And tune in soon. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.